Are you passionate about making a difference through design? Join us at the Human Centered Design Network's Circle, a new private community for change makers just like you. Connect with like minded professionals, gain exclusive rights to monthly learning opportunities, and lead the change in human centered design. For more information, see thisishcd.com. Now, let's get back into that episode. of Bringing Design Closer. My name is Jerry Scullion and I'm a service designer and I'm the founder of This Is HCD and the CEO of ThisIsDoing.com where we provide live online design and innovation classes providing training for people within the design and change making space. We also have our new Doing Design Festival series with the next event on June the 18th with the theme of Doing Design Online with some of the This Is Doing team talking about loads of related stuff. For more information see DoingDesignFestival.com Today in the show, we have Christoph Cern, founder of Creative Companion and MusicThinking.com, based in the Netherlands. We chat more around design and music and what design can learn from thinking like a musician and me myself as being an ex-musician. It's really interesting to me. And we drill a little deeper into Christoph's music thinking framework and learn more about the value it can bring to both teams and to organizations. Let's get into it. Christoph, how's it going? How are you? Fine. Hi, Jerry. Thanks for having me. <laughs> no, I'm all right. Christoph, where, where are you coming from today? I am from Nijmegen. Ooh. And that's very hard to pronounce. And it's it's right in the middle between Amsterdam and Dusseldorf. So it's in the Netherlands, but more or less on the German border. Nice. Now, Christoph, your name was mentioned to me probably up to 18 months ago when I was having a pint of Guinness with Mark Stickdorn in Dublin. And I mentioned to him that I was, you know, going to do a talk. At that time, it was at the Doers Conference around how I see music and design being very much similar in terms of the process as an ex-musician, or do you ever become an ex-musician? And he was like, <laughs> you should speak to Christoph, one of my friends. And I was like, really? He's got something? I looked at your website, I was like, this is it this guy and then i was like i'm definitely gonna call him and then a pandemic happened and then we didn't call but then we called recently and now here we are and i'm excited to talk today about music thinking Great. which you're further down the road than i am and you've got a whole framework around what this might look like yeah but it's the same road so no problem. <laughs> it's the same road i'm I'm going in one direction and you're going in the other direction <laughs> yeah, right. so christoph maybe maybe start a little bit around the background of music thinking for you where did it all start for you actually it started more or less i think 10 years ago yeah um, since 11 years i'm i'm working as a freelancer and i started my own company creative companion yeah the first thing that i did was okay, I want to work different, different in the way than I worked before. And so I started writing a credo. And I wrote down, I want to work like a musician because 
let's say on a Monday, you're giving a lesson. On a Tuesday, you're playing in the big band. On the Wednesday, you're in the studio and, and so on and so on. So on. I thought this would be interesting or very nice to do it in the same way with business, design thinking, service design, management consultancy, and to look at the business from a musical perspective. And yeah, then I, I started with my first clients and yeah, that's the way how it, uh, how it started. And maybe it's good to mention that I'm playing music since many years and I started musicology. So that also helps, but I forgot uh, about it when I started working. Yeah. <laughs> but it came back. What's musicology? You know, it's like a history of arts. You're not okay. an artist, but you know everything about it. And okay. musicology is like, you know everything about music, but you don't normally play as a musicologist. Ah, very good. So the history of in instruments and music as well, probably, is it? Yeah, what you want. So it's a very big field. Music is, I think, one of the biggest fields I can imagine. Maybe that's mm. my bias, but music is so broad. And at the very end, I ended up being a specialist of electronic music from the 60s, like Stockhausen tapes and one-inch tapes and, and, and gear that Yeah, that, that you never find again anymore. And, and this was interesting. And the interesting part was, how does it sound? How is it produced? How, is, how do you compose with it? Mm. And very interesting, who did you influence? And the last right. one was a very, you know, electronic music in the 60s. Maybe no one knows. But all the music we hear now is more or less, if it's studio produced, influenced from some people yeah. there in studios. So when I think of electronic music and mostly Central European electronic music of, I know I'm probably going to say, say the name of a band here now and you're probably going to go, no, that was later. But Kraftwerk, they are probably the most likely people to yeah. be discussing. Are they, were they 70s? No, no, no. Kraftwerk already started in the 60s. 60s, but, okay. But they were, were more into pop music. That's also okay. interesting. When we talk about electronic music, it's not necessarily pop music. It's mm. like people trying to research and make music that is unheard and literally unheard oh, so okay. so they're trying to 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 create new instruments because they take one sinus tone and mix it with another one and then you get something that you say well, wow that sounds interesting nowadays we we just sample it mm. and and use it but in 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 the early days it was like really creating your own instrument digitally mm. or like a theremin kind of yeah sound. theremin for example yeah, but you know the theremin mm. I think the theremin was 1910. Yeah, it's ancient. So it's more than 100 years ago, and it's still still heard, and, and still a lot of people don't know what it is, and they don't have to. But if you hear it... Yeah, you, it's very distinctive. Then, then, you know. I'll try and see if I can find a sample of a theremin to, to include and maybe cut it into this episode. So if I can, I'll drop it in here now. But, you know, you studied musicology, but what's really interesting... We, for both of us, I guess, is the role of the mindset of a musician when it's mixed in with, in my, my experience, design education and how, say, even going right back to my, my formative years, I learned how to play the piano, not really out of, out of my own wish. My parents forced me into playing the piano and I, I really appreciate it. But when I picked up the guitar, I, I was able to visualize the notes and understand where I, where I was in regards octaves. And I had something to to lay down that foundation and it became part of my mental model as regards understanding music. And then I, I, I layered design on top of it. 
And as a songwriter, and I've I've released two albums and stuff in my my previous life before everything got serious in my life, and I could see a huge parallel in terms of how an idea enters the room and how sketches are formed as regards melody and layering instruments over things and working with other musicians to bring things to life and collaboration. And so whenever I started to work as a designer, it just felt natural. I I seemed to connect and I felt like when I start working on projects, I felt like it was that same sensation of performing on stage with a band. And um, I'm like, who's the drummer here? Who's the guitarist? Who's the bassist? Who's going to be the singer? And that's as much as my whole sort of my framework. It hangs on those things. I haven't articulated as much as you have, but maybe we could talk a little bit more around what music thinking looks like in your eyes. Yeah. Maybe maybe the most important thing for me is that creative, put it the other way around, music thinking for me is like an invitation. So you don't have to do it. It's not like something, oh, this is good. You should use this too. It's just an, an invitation. And also it should literally resonate with you. So it's very hard to sell. But I think this also goes for design thinking or service design. It's very hard to sell it if people don't feel what it could be. So for me, it's an invitation. That's maybe the first thing. And the second one is with music thinking, you can look or see or hear from different perspectives at the same time. And I think that's very interesting for a business because most of the time when you go to a business, they ask you a question. They want that you deliver something. If it's good, it's good. If it's bad, you might not have done it good and yeah. you, may, you may not come back. And the, the idea to see from, hey, when you do something, what are others doing at the same time? Yeah. Does this complement it? Does it resonate? Does it work against each other? Which there's also music where this is naturally. So that's the good thing with music. There's such a broad field of music and everything, every music is, is good in some way. Hmm. And, but to literally understand that in music, different things can go on for the same time from, uh, from different perspectives. And I think that's, that's extremely interesting for a business because the question would be, huh, I have, my management might like lean startup. Hmm. The service designers want to do service design. Our developers want to work agile and we have a branding department. They want to use on communication and, and you get the yeah. idea. And my idea is why can't they work together? And this was actually what I really wanted to do. How can I connect one thing with the other so that together we can co-create from different perspectives? So that's the, the the basic idea of what I want to achieve with uh, with music thinking. So it's kind of the oil um, that helps lubricate the cogs within an organization. Is one way of is that one way of kind of describing? Would that be fair to say? Yeah, maybe it's more it's more like a mindset. So if you have the mindset that you really can work together instead of that I'm doing something and when I'm ready I give it to you and if it's not good it was that part when you took it over. So it's it's more the mindset that we to to get together create yeah. because the oil for me would need then also a machine and and then the, then it's like a metaphor that that doesn't work. Yeah. And and by the way maybe that, that's something I really want to to stress out because a lot of people use music as a metaphor or or in business people mm. use uh, me- metaphors like the captains of industry uh, just to get an idea across but what i want to do is not to 
introduce another metaphor. So like, oh, let's let, let's uh, play like a jazz band. M maybe as well. Or, or we need a new conductor because our orchestra is playing not good. So mm. that's part of the, of the game. But for me, the analogy is more interesting. Yeah. Analogy meaning like the score is to classical music, like improvisation is to jazz. And what do you want to play and how? I think that's that's interesting because then, oh yeah. hang on what do you mean and then you try to to bring it together yeah and then you start thinking and with a metaphor you say ah that's right and then it stops so I really want to 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 bring stuff together and also then also at a certain moment when we're in business we forget about the music it's not about music thinking it's about what you want to do and want to what you want to achieve so you mentioned there lean startup and agile and lots of things that are probably you know very sort of well-versed for people listening to the podcast. But would you say in in that kind of thinking, like is Agile a genre of music then? Is like, is Agile jazz or is it pop or does it even matter to think like that? No, it goes in that direction. But mm. for me, it's less the genre, it's more the instruments. Okay. And, and that was also what I did when I thought about something that I call the music thinking framework, hmm. I said, okay, if this would be music, what would be the instruments that you would play? And then I have a very big box of different instruments. They can come from agile or kanban. A kanban board is cool. A stand-up is cool. And, and I would say these are all instruments. And the same would be like a persona or a customer journey. And we all know that when we say customer journey and there are 10 people in the room, 10 people have a different idea what it is. It's the same for persona. And my thing is, hey, if we say it's an instrument, let's first describe that instrument, how we want to use it and how we want to integrate it into what we play. And this gives us the possibility to frame the right words, bring in the right words and really work together instead of that some people call it a profile, others a persona, and the next it's a target group. And then you don't uh, get it anymore because someone came uh, with the idea just to name it only everything is a persona. And then it, then it gets confused. Okay. So to answer your question, it's like more bringing together all the good instruments. Yeah. Instruments can also come from, let's say, theory U. Mm. Or or agile. I don't care. So for for me, it's like, what do you know? What works in your company? How can we make it better? And how can we bridge and not stress what's the difference, but mm. what's what's make what, what makes it uh, uh, common? And that's I think really also the music way yeah. bring stuff together. So I'm hearing there. There's lots of listening required, and I guess like as music thinking, listening and the power to listen and deep listening. It's critical as, as the role of a designer to be able to listen and understand and question and ask questions to get deeper understanding and so forth. It's like that cycle. So what, what role does listening play in all of this for you then? You, you know that I also work in, in design thinking and service design. Some yeah. people just so, ask me for... As a disclaimer, Christoph works <laughs> as an external consultant, I guess, for this is service design doing and works with Mark, Marcus and Adam and... Jakob as well as was well in some form. So talk to us a little bit more around the, the listening and, and TISD then as well. 
Yeah. So I, I just want to stress so that music thinking is nothing, nothing new. Mm. It was always there. It's just more a connector. So that's the way how, how I, uh, I look to it. And when I worked in, in design thinking and we're working with a double diamond and you're working with a client, if you're honest, a lot of people don't get it. And they, they don't get it because it's, it's some, some kind of abstract. And I also was missing some, something. And so I thought, how can I keep the good things that I know how it works and that all the people working together know? And how can I add something? And for example, if you have, I also have four faces, but the faces for me are listen, tune, play, and perform. Mm. And if this would be music, listen, the face listen goes through all the other faces. So it's not just something in the beginning and then comes the next face and then the next face and then the next face and then it's ready. No, it's an, an, a never-ending loop yeah. of listen, tune, play, perform where listening is always there. And that's the connection with, with a company because listening means all kinds of data. Yeah. Quantitative, qualitative information come, can come from a designer or design researcher, but also from marketing or mm -hmm. the account manager that talks to some people. For me, everything is, is data. So listen. So yeah. we so we never st stop with the listening. But then we there's a phase where we have to make some kind of decisions, and it depends on the way or in the dynamics that you work. If you do this at the very beginning. So you first listen, then you tune, like you would do in classical music as a composer. You make choices, then you play later, and in later in playing, you explore again. It's like the double diamond uh, opens, and you get some exploration. And then in the performing phase, then you bring it out, and it's it's the same like you would stay on the on the stage as a jazz band. You're listening, tuning, playing, and performing at the same time, and while you perform. Your audience is listening. And that's the loop that goes in all directions. And I think and the, the good thing is it's very broad. The bad thing is people find this sometimes very, very complicated because it's, it's a little bit like real life. And in business, we pretend to make it simple and later it, get, it often gets complicated. Yeah. I love the listening thing because it's as an ex performing musician like one of the things that i you'd, you'd always do is try and get good sound so you can actually make sure that the information is coming back into you but and it's one of the things within designers it's almost like there's to use the john cleese metaphor like with the flower like you're open you're receiving things and then the flower closes and you're no longer listening anymore you're you're just relaxing and you're you're sort of you're reflecting i suppose in some ways and that's very true, I find, for designers where it's very hard to be open all the time yeah. when you're doing thinking work or you're doing you know, that, that whole kind of process. So how can designers always, and, and should they always be listening in that sense, but when you think about how humans actually behave, is it, is it possible to be always listening throughout the, the sort of the journey of, of completing a project? You know, the short answer would be yes in some way. Mm. But, you know, listening, that's the dynamics, doesn't mean everything is always a forte and yeah. very hard. Sometimes the, the interesting things are very, 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 very low in the background. So, yeah, the, the answer is everybody has to listen. But the interesting thing is, what do you hear? And yeah. how can you share this with others? Because we might hear 
let's go back to the theremin. <laughs> and we would hear a theremin and you would say, hey, a theremin. And someone else would say, hey, that's the Hitchcock film with the birds. And someone yeah. else has associations. So we have to understand, not only to listen, but we also have to understand. Yeah. And we have to visualize our understanding so that other people can understand how we understood <clears throat> the listening. And I think that that's so close to what we do in design thinking as well. Yeah. If we don't visualize and persona, everybody thinks, oh yeah, our user, and everybody has someone else in his mind. Absolutely. So, the, the theremin is a really interesting example, but looking at other instruments, even looking at the granularity of selecting a guitar and selecting guitar strings that are going to make a certain sound closer to your influences is something that I'm I was really interested in. So say you've got a, a sketch of an idea for a song, which in theory could be a product or a service, and you're working on it with it with other people, and you're like, I think we're going to go in the direction of this song. We might introduce a Hammond organ. And being able to select certain sounds that could sort of push the listener in the direction of where and what we're trying to do as artists trying to create the this kind of vibe is something that i'm really interested in and how we can actually use that in terms of the language that we use within services when we're creating it the patterns that we use to deliver kind of the the sort of state of empathy or state of caring how can we and what can we derive from the whole world of music and how we approach the creation of these new things what are your thoughts on that? No, there's one difference between music and, 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 and design. Design is often going to a certain part, to a certain moment, and then you ship. And mm. often you don't see it again because the iteration is not naturally. That's the good thing with Agile because we are, we are working in releases and we can do some rework. We, 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 we listen to people and then we change it. Yeah. So that's, for me, much more musical than a waterfall. Like, let's say... There are designers that, that do decent research, then they make their decisions, then they ship the product, and then, yeah, then it's over. Yeah. And so we, I think we should also not say every designer is like every designer. So I met mm. good designers and I met designers that were less. And, and it's, more work and it, to do. <laughs> <laughs> right. And it, it, it goes the same for leadership or for marketing yeah. or any else. So so for me, always the interesting from, yeah, maybe to use then a metaphor, what's the band? Who is playing together? Who is here? Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm often telling th th that story that sometimes people approach me and they would say, you know, what we would need in our organization is just a, a good conductor because we mm -hmm. know everything else, but they, the people don't, they, they, they can't play it on, on that niveau like we would like to have. And when I do some research and talk to people that you realize that they are improvisers and they have to improvise every day and a score they don't have a score of, or mm. they don't have a score where everything is written out and it would be a waste of time and money and energy to bring someone who tells them what to do yeah so so the question would be aha if this is my personality as a company what shall i do shall i change everyone so that they get me because i know it or shall I try to listen better to how we work and see what patterns emerge and what, what patterns hmm. could help us to, to get things across? One of the things in, in terms of the, the analogy or the framework that I'm seeing is it may be perceived that service design is the whole 
kind of listening, tuning, playing. What was the last one? Perform? Perform. Yeah. And then, as you said, the product or service is released. But for me, the real work happens when that release happens and it's the continuous improvement on that whole kind of process. So extending it into the whole kind of, yeah. we're, we're kind of stretching this this metaphor as much as we can here, but into the live arena. And some listeners, avid listeners will know that I am a diehard U2 fan. And I will <laughs> fight anyone to the bone to who argues against me, but I'm a huge U2 fan and They've often said that the song takes a life of its own when it leaves the studio and we start to perform it and we bring it alive and then other people can in interpret the song and they effectively own it. There was an interview with Bono years ago. I've probably lost about 50% of the listeners here when I've mentioned that I'm a huge U2 fan, but <laughs> Bono was told it was probably around the time of Octone Baby and, and 93, it was released in 91, I think. They said, oh, people are getting married to the song one. And he was like, oh, please don't, please don't do that because it's it's not about about that. And then he instantly sort of regressed in his statement. He said, well, actually, that's not really for me to say. I, I shouldn't have said that. He said, because once the song has been completed and it's been shipped, it's up to them what they do with it. And it's it's how they actually use it. So I guess for us within music thinking, how has the framework sort of catered to that whole kind of Kind of, sort of I, I don't want to do it a disservice by saying that it doesn't consider it, but like within the design thinking world, it's sometimes just about workshops and moving post-its around and it shouldn't be, it should be really the focus on that's how we get to this point and then we release it and now the hard work begins. Is that something that you've covered off in, in music thinking? You know, the good thing with music is that it's very broad because what you just mentioned, mm. a song from, from YouTube or any other band, it's just it's a production in the in that way, and 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 it, you get shipped, and you talked about a record or an LP or what else, but there's much more music that is also played live. For example, if you go into in the area of uh, opera or classical music, yeah. you you it's it's much more like sports. You 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 have to keep your <laughs> you have to work hard, yeah. and at a certain time you have to perform. You don't have to only perform in the studio and then someone else is performing you because they want to release your, your LP. So my, my, my answer is you can use it for this, mm -hmm. but then it might look more very, very, very close to, to, to design, to, to a design process. Yeah. I think if you go into an organization, how organizations work, then it's also interesting to see and to, to, to see into other kinds of music. And maybe that's mm. also a very interesting part. You might, or, or where I would like to, to, to invite everybody is to listen to music that you don't like yeah. or, or music that you don't know or never heard of. Don't listen to music that you already know because we only can hear what we know. We only can see what we understand. Yeah. So if we really want to get broader, and that's an easy uh, one also for people coming, coming together. I did on the... A design Thinkers Conference, a, a workshop where I first ask people, what's the music that you really like? In your case, I know it already. <laughs> and I ask people, what is the music when you switch the radio off or walk out of the room or mm. um, put your fingers in your ear? And then I try to find that nice couples that, for example, I'm not a real musical lover because, yeah, of some of some of reasons. And when someone says, well, that's my number one. And yeah. let's talk about them. Why do you like it? And what do I dislike? Yeah. 
Yeah. And this already brings people together. And that's one part. And I want to say another one. When I'm uh, doing a workshop, sometimes I ask people, what's your favorite song of what's the song you would like to share with this group? And that also goes online. They, they, they can put it in the Zoom or in any else. And sometimes I'm, I'm doing a playlist on Spotify with it. And then I quickly check. And then, and then if this is a strategy workshop, then I can see all of the people, the songs that they name are no longer than three minutes. Mm -hmm. This means they have a listening span of three minutes. This means everything that we are talking should be somewhere small, good, nicely done. But is mm. there someone thinking about Aboriginal didgeridoo that, that could go for hours yeah. or Brian Eno generated music or classical music and orchestra, Wagner's Ring and go on, go on and say, oh, and then there's one thing, it's not good or bad because people like it, but there's one thing, it's interesting. It's interesting, where's our bias? Are we biased because, oh, we are so different. I see the music list saying, that's popular, that's pop music, full yeah. stop. And even pop music that goes in three minutes, and three minutes go into a playlist. Yeah. Aha, but is there something that is a, a, a different creation like an album? When you talk about the 70s or 80s, mm. the, the bands were making an album. They were fighting what goes on first, what comes second, yeah. how can we, we make this dramatic arc we talk about? Yeah. That's also a dramatic arc on an, on an album and an LP. Absolutely. And a lot of people forget this. So this is when, when it's a metaphor, then we are very quickly together. If it's an analogy, then, oh, then we really have to start thinking and start making connections. And that's actually what I want. I want to bring people, uh, yeah. let's think them out of the three-minute box. <laughs> yeah, it's like a trigger, trigger yeah. of sorts. You know, I'm delighted to say that when we were speaking beforehand, you mentioned that you're going to start your own podcast, which I'm right. big fan. I'm going to be the first subscriber, I think. Thank Tell you. us a little bit about your podcast. Yeah, this was funny in this way so when when i started music thinking so it it started on creative companion on my website then it got its own website uh, musicthinking.com i did a blog i started writing a book it's nearly ready and then i got then we have covid and people ask me to be a guest on their show like me <laughs> like you so and i think two or three times now and when I heard later the, the, the recordings, I thought, oh, that's nice. I never could write it down in the way that I tell it to other people mm. because I like to be, I, I like the, the, the conversation. I, 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 I like a dialogue and that's my personality. I'm better in the, some kind of ping pong than only in ping, to use yeah. another metaphor. And, <laughs> <laughs> and then I thought, hey, wow. I really want to to use the the audio medium mm -hmm. uh, podcast. It's not new, but okay, I don't care. I just care about does it work and is it uh, does the quality resonate with me? Yeah. And then then I started. Uh, it it will start on 19 May, and I interviewed now people from a Dutch cooperative, Fabric, the the co-founder, but also the global design director from IDEO from Boston, nice. and the uh, vice president of innovation from uh, the Berkeley College of Music. 
and the, the chief strategist from audio, audio and podcast company Pandora. And what I do and what I want with people, I'm looking for people that are an expert, that are successful in one field, and they are musicians. So like Jerry, I will invite you too. <laughs> <laughs> because successful in either. But it's because, interesting. Because what I'm looking for, it's, it's, it's like in, in, let's say, the old days. Yeah. Like, you know, I don't know if people know Charles Ives. He's a composer yeah. more than 100 years ago. And what really struck with me is that he wrote incredible modern music. Mm. But he, I think he stopped when he was 40 and he was uh, selling insurances. Really? Re really. Or Albert Einstein, the biggest scientist of the world. When he got stuck, and there's a lot of YouTube films about it, he went to the piano or to his violin, was playing one hour nonstop, and then smiled and went back to work. Wow. And Or Yanis Xenakis, he's, he was the, the designer for Le Corbusier, mm -hmm. the architect. And he, he did the Philips Pavilion 1958 in, in, in Brussels. He is a classical composer. And wow. he made a composition, 1953, Metastasis, and later used the same principle to build this pavilion. And so I thought, hang on, guys, that's not a coincidence. There must be something that people, when seeing a pattern in one system, they also can see it in the other system. So yeah. you can learn from one system for the other system. And mm. that's why, what I'm looking in the podcast to find people mm. that Absolutely. are... And musicians. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. But Christoph, I'll throw a link to the new podcast that you're doing. It'll probably be out after May the 19th. So listeners should be able to go across there onto your website and onto whatever Apple or Google network you want to use to, to promote your podcast and subscribe. I've really enjoyed speaking with you. Hopefully we'll, we'll connect again in the future. Thanks so much for your time. Great. Thank you very much and see you on my podcast. Great. So there you have it. That's all for this episode of Bringing Design Closer. If you like this episode, feel free to visit thisishcd.com where you can access our back catalogue of over 100 episodes with episodes related to service design, product management, design research and much, much more. Now, if you're interested in design and innovation training, feel free to check out our business, thisisdoing.com where you can join online classrooms and learn from the world's best design and innovation leaders. Join the This Is HCD newsletter where you'll receive updates from the network. And also, if you're interested, apply to join the Slack community on thisishcd.com. Stay safe and until next time, take care. <laughs>